Camille Joy, the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God can bring you through, and for those of you that are looking for a little joy. Welcome to the show. I need the joy. another episode of the moments of joy podcast welcome back mvps you guys are of course my most valuable players as i call you on every single episode and i'm so grateful that you guys would take the time to come back yet again for another episode do me a favor share this episode on your social media pages if you have a mommy friend or a woman friend who needs encouragement who needs to be a part of this community share this community with them follow us on social media at moments of joy podcast and connect with me Um, i'm doing some really exciting things announcements before we begin this episode if you didn't know i've launched a podcasting school It's called Moments of Joy Academy. And in this school, I am teaching all things podcasting. I have three courses available right now. A beginner's course on starting your podcast, um, a how to monetize your podcast course, and a how to incorporate professional video into your podcast course. Moments of Joy Podcast is a self-paced portal of classes that you can take and start and finish them at your own time and at your own pace, at your own pace, not pace. After you've taken the courses, if you still need some development, training, and coaching, I make myself available for one-on-one coaching. And this coaching is only available to students of the Moments of Joy Academy. And if you are like a few of my students and you want us to begin to produce your show for you, I also offer that. Moments of Joy Academy offers full production of podcasts. So you can join in with us and brainstorm and, um, you know, let's come up with a show for you as a Christian woman and entrepreneur. And so if that sounds good to you, go ahead over and visit mojpodcast.com slash learn and you can learn all about MOJ Podcast. I'm so thankful for you guys coming on the last few weeks and I hope that you've enjoyed our last few episodes with our guests that we had. Atia Stevenson's podcast episode was amazing and Uh, So many of you liked it. I'm looking on the statistics now. And if you are listening to this and you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that podcast episode, go back. And I I guarantee you it will bless you. Her story was amazing. But today I'm sitting down with an author. I ended up getting a book and it's called It's Not Over. Living Beyond Disappointment and Learning to Dream Again. You guys know that I'm huge on chasing destiny 
following the Holy Spirit, dreaming again, and all kinds of things like that. And so today we're going to sit down with the author of this book, Joshua Gagnon, and he's going to give us super moms and give us women of faith a few pointers on dreaming again and talk to us about this amazing book. I'm starting to really get into books. I prayed about wanting to, you know, just have time to read again. And coincidentally, I won a book contest on Instagram. <laughs> and so the the woman who was given the contest, she sent me 10 books from 10 Christian authors. So you guys may be hearing from another one or two of them soon. So I'm not going to chatter too much longer. You guys get ready. Hold on to your seats and let's listen to Pastor Joshua Gagnon. I am so excited to have with us today, Pastor Josh Gagnon, the author of It's Not Over. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for... Uh having me i'm excited to to be able to speak in the lives i'm really excited about you man just getting to meet you right here you got some serious energy you're super sweet like it just kind of radiates through the computer right now so i'm just excited to do this with you <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> my middle name is fun. actually joy <laughs> is it okay yes. well you're living up to it you're living yeah. up to it thank you so much well we're gonna get right to the questions today i know you're gonna bless the moms and whoever's not even a mom that will listen today so, Pastor Josh, can you tell us about what inspired you to write this amazing book? Yeah, well, the name really um, comes from a moment where um, I actually went to a prison to, uh, to visit a friend of mine. Matter of fact, it was a pastor friend of mine who had made a horrendous mistake and ended up in prison. And everybody kind of swam downstream away from him saying, listen, I don't want to be associated to him anymore. I don't want to deal with him anymore. And I, I decided to swim upstream. I was like, listen, at the end of the day, if I'm going to call myself a Jesus follower, and it, I need to swim upstream even when love isn't easy. And if everybody who claims the name of Jesus swims away from those who need Jesus, we're in trouble. And so I remember uh, I went and I met with him in prison. We sat at table number seven. And as we were sitting there talking, I was looking across the table at him and and I uh, felt like I just needed to tell him when I, when I gave him a hug at the end of our conversation. I looked at him, I said, it's not over. Mm. And I'll never forget, he looked back at me with tears in his eyes and he said, I'm not sure I believe that. Mm. And I'll tell you, when I heard somebody that I love say that, man, my heart just dropped. And, and I felt like the Spirit of God whispered to me the entire drive home that day that he may be living inside the walls of this prison, my friend, feeling like it's over. But there are so many people that are going through everyday life that aren't living inside the walls of a prison per se, but, but they're living in a prison. And that prison is believing that their best days are behind them. That prison is believing that, that God doesn't have a plan for their future. That, that prison is believing that, that they're always going to have to live underneath the shadows of a broken yesterday. And so I started thinking about, you know, those people who had career dreams and they've given up on those career dreams. It's, it's over. I'm never going to achieve that. Or those moms out there that, that, that believe they would have that certain marriage or, or life would look a certain way. And they're like, you know what? I'm in this broken marriage. I'm not even sure my kids respect me or listen to me. I'm not even sure I can do this thing called being a mom. And they're like, I feel like my dreams. I feel like my hopes. I feel like it's over. And so really the book was born out of this realization that 
that when Jesus came to earth and he said, I want to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Mm. I don't think that was just for you and I to get to heaven. I think right. that he wants to give us that now right here. And so I like to say this Camille. It's a, I like to say a lot of people who love Jesus are living in hell on earth, hoping to get or waiting to get to heaven. But what if Jesus came to earth so we could actually live with hope in, in freedom in fullness now? And so Absolutely. really what inspired me to write this book was to just prayerfully breathe hope in the lives of people that, that truly are living as if their best days are behind them, that, that they've scaled their dreams, they've scaled their hopes down to their, to their past. And so that's really where that, that was inspired from. Yes, this is going to be good. I'm already teary-eyed, so I know that this is going to bless someone that's hopeless right now um, and in that position. Um, what do you think is the reason, why do you think it's the reason a lot of people have a hard time living with hope and chasing their dreams? Yeah, I think, I think when, I, when I was writing the book, I was, I was just looking in my own heart so often and I, and I ask myself and, and I know you'll be able to relate it's right. it's it's when I give up on my hopes when I give up on dreams when I give up on those hopes of a better tomorrow it's because I'm allowing the 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 past to define my future right. I'm allowing those failed expectations or or those things that never came through mm -hmm. to define my hope to define what I believe and so I think a lot of people are living are living like for instance let's just say that that there's a, a lady listening right now and and man she she believed that God would provide this man right that, that yeah. someday she'd get married she's like I could see him he's fine like I, I could mm -hmm. see him and, and then and then they meet and then they date and then yeah. they 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 have this relationship and then they they, 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 they give each other their hearts and it's this relationship, but yet he turns out to, to not treat her well. He turns out to, to wound her, cheat on her, hurt her. Now, all of a sudden, right, in that next relationship, what is she going to live within? Mm -hmm. She's going to live within the hurt of that past one. And I think, you know, I think life has a way of just chipping at our hopes, chipping at our trust, chipping at our dreams. And we find ourselves, you know, 30, 40, 50, you give the age, you find yourself sitting there. And unfortunately, we live with no hope because we're a product of yesterday's pain. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's hard to break free from that. You know, I don't, I don't think it's easy. I, I don't have this magic potion that allows me to just like dream about tomorrow because yesterday's hurts don't matter. But, but I think as followers of Jesus, we have to continue to remind ourselves that yesterday does not determine tomorrow. That, that yeah, that relationship might have been difficult. Or, or, or what about, we, I know we talk talking to moms a lot in this podcast. What about that mom who, 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 who went through the pain of losing a baby? Right. And, and now they're like, I can't, I, I think I might be pregnant, but I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to yeah. dream again because of that pain. Do, do you see how so often it's that, it's that hurt in the past and our spiritual enemy wants to continue to whisper to us mm -hmm. that that same hurt is going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And if we listen to that whisper, man, it is hard to live in freedom. It's hard to live in, in the joy of Jesus when yeah. our worst of our past continues to define us. And so, you know, I think, to answer your question in a, in, a, in a shorter way, why do we have a hard time hoping? Well, I just think the yesterdays have, have burnt us mm -hmm. and have left us afraid of disappointment, afraid mm -hmm. to dream. Absolutely. That, that is so um, true to so many women. Um, me and my husband, we are one year living in Houston, Texas, because we came here chasing a dream. We're from Connecticut, actually. <laughs> New <laughs> we, England, come on. Yes. 
<laughs> um, Connecticut, and we um, heard the Lord. It took us uh, a year or two to really um, be that obedient and come clear across the country, but we came here chasing the dream. And so to help people that are listening, what are some of the characteristics that um, are a dream worth chasing? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a great, great question. It's always one of the toughest ones to unpack, because I think they come in different ways. Mm-hmm. In the book, I talk about it's, it, it, I talk about Nehemiah. And I talk about how in scripture, we see Nehemiah broken over the walls of his of, of, of Jerusalem, he's, he's broken over going back to build these walls, mm-hmm. uh, his brother comes and he says our our, our, our family is in ruins, the city's in ruins. And so I looked into that story while I was writing this book and, and I thought, man, I think, I think when it comes to chasing a dream, the characteristics that are there are, are often characteristics similar to what Nehemiah was facing. Like mm-hmm. we're going to see a need. Mm-hmm. I think one of the characteristics of a dream is there's a need involved, okay. right? Whether, whether, and here's the other thing. Let me just say this about, about dreams. So often we think of dreams like the word love, mm-hmm. where it, it, it kind of becomes this, word we say like i love ice cream and yet and i love jesus it's like well, i kind of love kind of i think dreams are a little bit like that and i just want to make sure that i'm clear not all dreams are going to a foreign country to 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 be a missionary or starting a business Mm -hmm. for me i have a dream in my heart and it's to overcome insecurity right Mm -hmm. and so not all dreams are on the outside of us that we have to go chase down some are but there's a lot of dreams on the inside of us Mm -hmm. maybe it's overcoming that addiction maybe it's finding confidence you know, and so I would say, whatever that dream is, there's going to be a need. And so you're going to notice there's a need to go do something or to repair something with inside of you. Mm. I think another uh, characteristic is opposition. I always say, listen, if you're not facing opposition in the chase of your dream, you're probably mm-hmm. going the same direction as the defense. Like yeah. there's going to be opposition mm-hmm. and, and you need to be ready for opposition. I think a lot of times we give our life to Jesus and we're like, well, we're going to chase down the dream of that marriage, chase yeah. down having kids. We're going to chase down that business. And we think because we love Jesus, it's all just going to fall in our lap. But when we look at scripture, we find that David actually had to defeat Goliath before he became king of Israel. Like there was a Goliath in the way of that dream, in the Mm. way of even God's plan for his life. And so never forget that opposition is going to be a constant companion as you chase down your dream. Uh, Resistance, you better get ready for resistance, Camille, right? If we're going to chase down a dream, you better get ready for resistance because Mm -hmm. there's going to be resistance on the path to that dream. But, but what we're going to, what we're going to remember in all those moments is that, is that this, there's this fire inside of our heart that we can't, that we can't put out. It's this, right. it's this, it's this God thing inside of us that continues to keep us pushing. Mm-hmm. Even when everybody would say, you need to quit, you, mm-hmm. need, to quit. you need to give up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the way you described that. I'm a picture person, so I need it to be laid out so I can imagine it in my head. And my son, um, he's in middle school, and he just started playing football. And so when you said you can't be on the same side as the defense, I I imagine them going towards each other and, you know, chasing that ball. And then there's an interception, and you got to go make the touchdown. So... (laughs) Now you're preaching in my language. Let's do this. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So that's really what it is. It's that's real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think we have to remember that, that, mm-hmm. that don't be concerned when your dream is so big, you're facing opposition. Yeah. Be concerned when your dream is so small, there's no mm-hmm. reason for opposition. That's a quote. That's a quote right there. 
I'm going to pull that quote for a soundbite. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Don't be concerned. Okay, so what are some of the disappointments or obstacles that you have encountered that wounded you or caused you to want to give up hope? Yeah, so it's interesting. I talked about how this book, It's Not Over, how I wrote it. And, you know, it seems like this, and it is a great accomplishment, but the story leading up to the book being written was a lot of opposition. About maybe three years ago, I got a, I got an email from an agent, and he, he was a, a literary agent. And he said, hey, listen, have you thought about writing a book? Because you're pastoring a large church, and you should write a book. And I was like, yeah, I didn't pass English class in high school, but I think we can do this. Like, I think we can do this. And so he's like, all right. What? So he's like, I guarantee, I guarantee we'll get, you know, so many offers for this book deal, so on and so forth. Just put together a proposal. So I put it out there, mm -hmm. and I remember just waiting. And he got email after email back from all the big publishers, and they were like, nope, nope, nope. And I remember the last no we got, um, I got I, he, he wrote an email. He said, all the leads have dried up. Uh, there's really nowhere else to turn. And I can remember hearing that. I was so mad at God. I really was because I didn't chase down this opportunity. It wasn't like I was looking for a book deal. This person right. came to me and I was like, listen, what, what is going on, God? I remember getting in the shower and I just started crying. I was like, mm -hmm. God, I am not writing a book. I didn't even chase down this opportunity. I thought you brought it to me. Like, what is going on, God? I didn't even tell my wife, Jennifer, for two weeks because mm. I just I felt like such a failure to tell her. And, right. and of course, my wife, she's great. She would have spoke me out of it, but I just right. was embarrassed. And, and um, I was frustrated. And I asked, the, I asked the agent, why? What happened? And he's like, well, you pastor a mega church in New England. Mm -hmm. And New England's the least church region of America. Yes. And they, were, they sell the least amount of Christian books there. So they were mm. nervous about an author from that area. And so here I am thinking like, all right, well, that's never going to happen. And um, well, I, a couple years later, maybe a year later, I get a, uh, an email from another agent. Have you thought about writing a book? No. I think I, I, and I got this email and I looked at it and I said, not again, God, no wow. way. And for one year, Camille, I did not get back to that agent because I did not want to face the fear of rejection. I didn't want to face that fear of failure. Wow. A year goes by. I write back because I couldn't put out the fire in my soul. Mm. And I wrote back. I said, okay, yeah, I'll go after it. And by God's grace, we put this book, It's Not Over, out there. And we had six of the largest publishers in America made offers for, for this book. And it became a two-book deal, right? Wow. And here's what, I, here's what I want to say. There was so much disappointment, so much hurt, so much wonder, so much question. But somebody has to hear this right now. I know you and I need to hear this again mm -hmm. right now. It's often in those moments where I don't feel like God's moving, where God's doing more in me than he could ever do through me so that someday he can do more through me than I could ever imagine. And, and it's in those moments where it feels like it's the desert. It's in that valley. It's in that moment where you're David in the shepherd's field, where you're like, what are you doing, God? I'm fighting lions and I'm fighting bears. Is this it? And God's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You're fighting lions and bears so that you can get ready to fight Goliath and become the king of Israel, right? And so I've, I've learned that I love the mountaintop experiences, mm. but that's not where I'm shaped. Yeah. I'm shaped most in the valley experiences. And so if you were to go back now, and I'm sure you can, you can relate to this in other areas of your mm -hmm. own life. If you could go back now and say, hey, Josh, do you want that first book deal? I can tell you with all sincerity, no. Right. No, because what God did in me without giving me that book deal was more beneficial than getting a book deal 
in him not doing what he needed to do in me. Remember, God's delay is not God's denial. God's delay is not God's denial. And in the delay, if you're faithful, he can do more in you so that someday he can do more through you than you could ever imagine. Wow. I'm crying. I don't know about anyone else. (laughs) But that definitely was for me. (laughs) Um, I haven't really been, um, you know, watching and participating in a lot of church. We haven't found a a church home here yet. So I've just... It's because you're from New England. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? What's going on? (laughs) You're like, where's the... What are we doing? <laughs> that is it. That's very hard. Um, so I've been just watching TV. So this is definitely, um, you know, I've been watching sermons on YouTube, and so this is definitely uh, for me. I know it's for other people, and I'm going to be tuning into your church, Pastor Josh, because oh, that you. was a blessing. Loved it. Well, we're New Englanders, so we got to stay together. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a blessing, um, and something that I can definitely relate to. Even now, I was. I just launched a new business um, in the pandemic. I launched two businesses and I was giving God a timeline just recently. Like, well, if it doesn't go off by June, I'm going to go back to working and you just bless me. You know, I need to just stay Mm. put if this is what he's Mm. called me to do. Yeah. Long-term learn long-term obedience in the same direction. It really it is. It really is. I always say, you know, faithfulness over fruitfulness mm-hmm. and and in, in, in staying true to what you believe God's put in your heart and being wise in that. But I've, I've really felt and I've really learned it was in those seasons of wonder. Honestly, even as a pastor right now, we've yeah. got 10 locations. Yeah. Right. We've got all these buildings that we can't open. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here right now and I'm like, what are you doing, God? Like yeah. just because the pandemic hit doesn't mean bills stopped, yeah. God. Yes. Like, and I know this is your church, but yes. at the end of the day, the mortgage company ain't calling you, God. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so yep. it's come like, on. It's like yes, let's absolutely. like come on, like let's. And so for me, even in this season, I've had to be like, okay, all right, God, I'm gonna stay true to what I know you you have birthed and you've placed in my heart, and mm-hmm. and um, I know you'll be faithful. So I think we're all in a season, Camille, where we're all just having to stay true to what God's yes. placed us in. Yes. So how do you um, recommend that people like me? Um, overcome the past discouragement that they've experienced in their life. Yeah, I write about I write a, a few different ways in the book. One of the one of the things I'll say right now, just to give a, a shorter answer, and if someone wants a longer answer, they can of course get the book. Mm-hmm. I think for me, for me, one of the ways that I overcome disappointment is opening my hands and surrendering my expectations. And so I have a problem in life, and my problem is is once I get a dream, I shut my hands around it. And I start Mm. to try to control it. And I start to try to, I start to tell God what I think should happen with it. And one of the, one of the ways that I've had to grow, because if I didn't, I don't know if I'd be here doing what I'm doing today is with all of my dreams, I have to make the choice to open my hands. And when I open my hands, now I've stepped into surrendering my expectations of time when it's going to happen, surrendering my expectations of how how it's going to happen, surrendering my expectations of, of what it's going to look like, what I think it should look like. And so even like in this season, how am I overcoming the disappointment right now of pastoring a church that, that in 12 years, God blew up 
-hmm. And now all of a sudden we have nobody in the seats. How do I, how do I get over that disappointment? Honestly, I I just had to open my hands and I've just had to say, God, if you put this dream in me, then I have to trust that you're going to be faithful with it. And I'm going to open up my hands and surrender my expectation. Mm. And and I know that that's a broad answer. I get more into it in the book, but, but truly just surrendering our expectations Mm -hmm. of our dream Mm -hmm. and, and trusting that, trusting that God and God will be faithful. Absolutely. That was good. That was for me. (laughs) That was for me. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Being away from home, being away from family. We're like, all right, God, you called us to come all the way down here. Now for what? (laughs) And the summers are so hot. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely hot. It's still hot here. You see, I have a tank top on. You have a sweater. (laughs) Exactly. I ran outside in 35 degree weather today. So. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. Um, What type of people, Pastor Josh, can accelerate or extinguish someone's dream? Yeah. So in the book, I talk about four different types of people. The names are, are, are I think, clever. I talk mm-hmm. about zombies, vampires, mm-hmm. sidekicks, and heroes. Yep. And um, we talk about how there's, there, there's, there's always these people in all of our lives. So these are common people in each of our lives. I talk about how, how vampires, Camille, they're those type of people that just kind of suck the life out of us. Mm-hmm. And I say that in a gentle, nice way, but we know what that feels like. And they're not bad people. Right. But we all have those people where we get around them and we talk about our dreams and they say these little things like, oh, mm-hmm. are you sure? I'm not, I, I don't know if, if God's gonna, you're not qualified or you're not, no. are you, maybe you, and it's, they're not bad people, yeah. but they don't realize that after you talk to them, they literally just suck the life out of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to recover from that conversation for the next weeks to come. So you have the vampires. We have to be careful of those. Mm -hmm. Then you have the zombies. Now, the zombies are a little bit more dangerous. Those are people that are just trying to take you out, right? Those are the people that are trying to pull you away from your God-given dream. That could be the person at the office winking at you. You're married. They're trying to just Mm -hmm. literally come in and steal God's purpose and dream from you. And then I talk about sidekicks. Mm -hmm. And sidekicks, we get a little bit bit better now. So sidekicks are those people that – that surrounds you and do life with you. Right. I've got I've got four of them in my life, uh, and 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 they're not yes men to me. Um, they'll tell me when I'm off track, but they do it in love. And here's what I always say about sidekicks: sidekicks are those people that sweat alongside of your dream. Mm. Never allow anyone to speak into your dream mm. unless they're willing to sweat alongside of your dream. Let's go back to your football analogy. Here's the problem, Camille. So many of us have walked away from our dreams Mm -hmm. because we've allowed the people in the stands with ketchup and mustard on their face and their Mm -hmm. shirts off and they're screaming. We've allowed those people screaming at us on the field to pull us away from God's plan for our life. What Mm -hmm. I've chosen to do, and when you pastor a big church, man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that have their opinion about you and what you should do. And that used to bother me so much. But I say this with respect. I can't allow people in the stands to yell at me from the stands while I'm trying to do a good work on the field. Now, the people on the field that want to speak into my life and call me out and tell me what needs to change and tell me when I'm off cue, I'm not talking about having people around me that are just, yes, yes, yes. I'm saying, uh-huh. if you want to speak into this, you better get on the field and sweat a little. That's like You right. better get some cuts. You better get some cuts alongside of you. Uh-huh. If you're going to speak into my dream, you're going to sweat alongside of my dream. And so right. those sidekicks are people who aren't just cheering you on and saying everything you want, but Mm -hmm. they are people on the field 
that you know love you yes. and are willing to bleed with you. Yes. And then the last type of person is a hero. Mm-hmm. And uh, heroes are people who are, who are living the life today you hope to someday live. And so for moms, that would be that mom who, who has kids that are following after Jesus or mm-hmm. has a relationship with their spouse that you admire. Yes. Get around people who are living the life today you hope to someday live because they're the target you're mm. going to be shooting after. And mm. so we got to be careful of vampires, stay away from zombies, surround ourselves with sidekicks and chase after heroes. Yes. I just had to open the book because that is the part that I'm on. I just right. highlighted this. One. I couldn't find my highlighter. So I used my lime green pin. And Come on, lime I green. Just, you just finished telling the story about Rudy and you were like, um, how many of us have some pranks in our life? And I was getting to enemies next. So that was, right. that's the part that I'm on. And let me just say, P- Pastor Josh, you're the first pastor to come on the show. And you are the first author to come on the show. But what I shared with him in the beginning is I, I accepted him to come on because he is very authentic and he, he's anointed. And I felt like he had a lot to, um, to say to us. He has a lot of encouragement to give. And, and I just loved him. Just, just based so off of what I saw him represent. Something um, in you just said I was a New Englander. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I didn't even know. <laughs> absolutely. So, guys, this is a book that you absolutely want to get. I'm going to also um, be posting this on my social media page so that you guys can see. We'll put it in the description of the show. And while we get ready to wrap up, we just have one more question. Last question. How does someone's dream life impact their prayer life? Yeah, that's my favorite question. Mm -hmm. Because this story is super, 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 super close to my heart. And I feel like... um, I feel like this speaks volumes uh, to so many people. So when, when I started Next Level Church, there was a family that, that moved here um, from Phoenix to be a part of it. And their names are Daniel and Catherine. And um, they were trying to get pregnant at the time when they moved here. Mm. And um, the first um, child um, was, was a miscarriage. And, mm. and there was um, all sorts of pain and course involved in that. And my heart broke with them and cried with them and prayed with them. And then they tried again and they got pregnant again. And, and um, Catherine went in for an ultrasound uh, in the teen weeks of the pregnancy. And the doctor said, um, um, Catherine, the, the baby um, is missing a kidney. And the kidney that the baby does have is is not working working correctly, and I remember getting that phone call, and we just come through the last tragedy, or we're crying and praying. I'm like, listen, we're gonna pray that God does a miracle, and and um, you know, weeks go by, and I get a phone call, and it's Daniel, and he's they I knew they had gone into to to labor, and he says, hey, Catherine's had the baby, Josiah's been born, can you come to the hospital? There's been more complications than mm-hmm. than we expected. And I get to the hospital as fast as I can. And, and Josiah was born with many different health concerns um, that, that I wouldn't get into. And I haven't ever gotten into it publicly. That's a private thing. But many health concerns. And in the first year of his life, he had over 30 surgeries. Uh, he spent more nights in the hospital than he did at home. And um, we walked closely with this family, of course. And uh, as I was writing this book, Camille, check this out. As I'm writing the book, this story wasn't going to be in the book. As I'm writing the book, we go out to dinner with them. And I look across the table and I, just for whatever reason, 
I like to ask questions. I looked at Catherine and I said, what's been the hardest part of the last 10 years? And she looked at me and tears start rolling down her cheek. And she says, praying. And I thought, praying. She says, pastor, before I got pregnant, I was such a prayer warrior. She said, I would pray for people and I trusted God and I prayed big, bold prayers and I believed God would answer them. She said, and then when Josiah was in my belly, she said, and I was told he didn't have a kidney, I would lay hands on my belly and I knew God would heal my baby. Mm -hmm. And she said, and then when he was born and he wasn't healed, I prayed for him that first year. I prayed for him the second year. She said, now 10 years later, I I try to pray and I talk, but it feels so empty. It's like, mm -hmm. it feels so empty to me. And I got, you know, we cry, she's crying and we're all teared at the table. And, and I get in the car and I looked at my wife, Jennifer, and I'm writing this book at the time. And I said, that's it. She's like, what? I said, our prayer life and our dream life, they're not separate. They're one and the same. When we stop dreaming or hoping for a greater tomorrow, we stop praying big, bold prayers. But when we believe and dream and hope for our future, we pray big, bold prayers. And, and, and so I wrote a chapter about how to pray big, bold prayers. How to pray, what are the icebreakers of praying big, bold prayers? One of the things I say in the book is, is how do we pray prayers like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where we say, even if you don't, God, I will still worship you. How do we pray these type of prayers? And, and so I would just challenge every mom listening every woman listening, every man that may be listening, I would just challenge them to not get quiet when it comes to your prayer life. Don't let your spiritual enemy talk you out of praying big, bold prayers. And I think part of praying those big, bold prayers is rekindling the dreams and hopes that we believe God can do the impossible. And that's how they parallel. And Catherine wrote me this huge, of course we talk, but she was kind enough to write me this huge, long letter, email, whatever you want to call it, about how she's, she's praying big, bold mm. prayers again, because wow. um, she's not going to allow the size of the mountain determine the size of her God, but she's going to remind her mountain about the size of her God. Wow. And I think that would be the hope. And so I'll end with just saying, there's many women who have been hurt, wounded through the course of life. And today, maybe your prayers are way smaller than they once were because the past has talked you out of big prayers. I would challenge you today to get back to praying to a God who can still do the impossible because God honors big, bold prayers. God honors big, bold prayers. And so rem remind ourselves today to keep praying big, bold prayers to a big, bold God because he can still do the impossible. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Over the past few weeks, I've been sharing on the podcast, um, you know, special notes to super moms, but really it started because um, I have a sick baby. Um, and so my son was born with congenital heart disease and he had surgeries and open heart surgery. And then we found out he was autistic. And so recently that's really, really been hard. Um, so I found myself in the shower just this morning saying that very same thing to God. Like I need to really get back in the closet because when you're hit, really hard with your kids mom um you go from a place i i can totally relate because that's where i am right now i still pray mm -hmm. but i'm like you know the intensity and the fire i have to get back to oh there's no way you could have known that but god knows uh, what's your baby's name his name is mason mason mm -hmm. we'll be praying for mason 
Big yeah. bold prayers. Yes, thank you so much. Well, this is the end, Pastor Josh. Do you have anything else that you would like to say to the listeners today? No, I'm just thankful that we could hang out and uh, I'm thankful that more than the podcast, thankful that I was able to meet yeah. you and thank you, you so and I were much. able to have a conversation. I've been encouraged by it. Thank you so much. So guys, get the book, It's Not Over by Pastor Josh Gagnon. You will be blessed and you will not regret it. And so like I said, I'll share a link in the description of the show. You guys follow him on social media. How can they find you on social media in your church? I think, well, the church name is Next Level Church. So nextlevel.church, if you want to hang out with us on the weekend. Of course, we have online experiences. Um, and then in Instagram, I'm Josh Gagnon. And then on Facebook, I think I'm Pastor Josh Gagnon. But Instagram is where I do a lot of my hanging out. So uh, just Josh Gagnon on Instagram. So New England, go visit. Whenever church opens back up, we have a lot of listeners from New England. And you guys get connected to Pastor Josh. All right. Thank you so much for talking with us today.